We've been talking about God's revelation to us. We've been talking about the general revelation of God. When we talk about the general revelation, we're talking about God exposing or showing himself to us through nature. When we talk about the special revelation of God, we're talking about God revealing himself through the scriptures. Last week we uh, looked at a number of uh, reasons why we believe that the Bible is the word of God. The scripture says, all scripture is God breathed. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. In righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I believe that the Bible is God's word, and here's why. We looked at these uh, ideas last week. The Bible is the word of God because there are so many manuscripts that have survived. There are 24,000 manuscripts that show us that God wanted us to have this Bible. I believe that the Bible is the word of God because of the evidence of the miracles that are in it. And the greatest miracle that there was was Jesus rose from the dead. And Paul actually told us to look at the, and talk to the people who had seen Jesus rise from the dead. He validated that miracle. I believe that the Bible is the word of God because of the incredible prophetic evidence. If we look at the probability for impossibility, that's 10 to the power of 15. 10 to the power of 15. Well, that's just too much. So anyway, it's a lot. And for Jesus to come and fulfill all scripture, it's impossible that anybody could just do that. I believe that the Bible is the word of God because of the archaeological, geographical, and historical accuracy. When they dig, they find... And what they find is the Bible is true. The people and the places of the Bible are there in the earth. And we dig and we find that the Bible is true. I believe that the Bible is true because Jesus said that the Old Testament was the word of God. And that's what we looked at last week. This week we're going to look at five more reasons why the Bible is the word of God. We're going to look at firstly that the Bible is authentic. Bible is real. It's real. It, it, it doesn't hide anything. God is not concerned about creating a good image. He exposes the good and the bad. 
The Bible shows us good and bad. And the place, place to look at the, the way that God shows us good and bad is in the, the genealogy of Jesus. If I was going to write a genealogy of my family, there are certain things I wouldn't put in it. I would keep, I would keep out the bad and I would put in the good just to create an image. But Jesus made sure that everything was in the genealogy. If we go to Matthew chapter 1, in the genealogy of Matthew chapter 1, we find three women that if I had written it, I wouldn't have put in there. I want to tell you about these three women. The first woman is the woman Tama. In Matthew chapter 1, 3, it says, Judah, the father of Perez and Sarah, whose mother was Tamar. I would have just said, Judah, the father of Perez and Sarah. And forgotten about Tamar. Why? This is Tamar's story. Tamar was, uh, had a husband. And uh, her, she didn't have any children. And in the culture back then, if you didn't have any children, your brother-in-law would have to help you. So her brother-in-law got married to her. And he died and had, they had no children. There was a younger brother. And he, and he decided he wasn't going to get involved. So Tamar decided that what she would do, she would go to a town and dress as a prostitute and wait until her father-in-law came along. And then she got her father-in-law to help her. And she fell pregnant. She took a ring. A staff. A stick. And a belt. As payment. When it was found out that she was pregnant, the father-in-law decided to have her stoned to death because he thought that she had been immoral. Because he didn't know it was her that was the prostitute. That's nasty business. You wouldn't put that on a genealogy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put that there and say, listen, this is part of my family line. But the Bible is real. She was... Uh, had those children, she had two twins, and they're in the line of Jesus. Let's have another look at another woman, Selman, the father of Boaz. And I would have stopped there. But the Bible continues. Whose mother was Rahab. And what's Rahab? She was a prostitute. She was another a person from another nation. 
Not the sort of person you wanted to have in your family tree. But God included her. And included her faith. And she became part of Jesus' line. Let's have a look at another woman that's included in the genealogy. It says in verse 6, David was the father of Solomon. And I would have stopped there. But it continues on and says, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Had been Uriah's wife. Now I would have said, whose mother was Bathsheba and left the other quiet. But what God does is he exposes everything. He shows you the humanness. He shows you the sinfulness. And he's related to us. Jesus came from this human line. He shows us that David committed murder and adultery. He's not trying to cover it up. He's not trying to create a good image. He's being real. I believe the Bible is the word of God because it's real. It's real because God is trying to reach out for those who are failures. He's trying to reach out to murderers. To broken men and broken women. He knows exactly where we live. He is related to our pain. He is related to our sin. And he came to save us from it. The Bible shows us that so clearly. A seventh reason I believe the Bible is the word of God is because it says that it is God speaking. In Exodus chapter 20 verses 1 to 3, we read these words. And God spake all these things, all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of this land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. The Bible actually says God spoke those words. And when we go through the Bible, and we find, we find that the Bible shows the mark of God speaking. There are three realities when God speaks. His word would be entirely faultless. There will be no errors in it. Because he is infinite in his knowledge. And he would not make any mistakes. So his word will be reliable. And we can trust it. And everything he says that will be fulfilled. Will be fulfilled. And that's what we found to be true. In Matthew 26 verse 54 it says, How then, how then would, he, would the scriptures that say it must happen be fulfilled? In this situation, 
Peter is saying to Jesus, don't go to Jerusalem and die. Petru anasema sema ushinde ku Jerusalem. And Jesus is saying, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. They must be fulfilled because God spoke them. And God's word cannot fail. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5:18. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear. Not the smallest letter. Not the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. The second reality is that when God speaks, it would be a coherent one, wholeness. There would be unity in it. God, men often make error, mistakes. God never makes a mistake. So there is one word with no mistakes and no contradictions. The third reality if it's God's word to us, it will contain the answer to our questions. It will show us God's will for our lives. It will be sufficient for us to live this life. When the rich man went to hell, he was talking to Abraham and he said to Abraham send somebody back to my brothers so they don't have to come to this place. And uh, um, Father Abraham said if they do not respond to Moses and the prophets They will not respond even if one rises from the dead. The written word of God is sufficient for our salvation. I believe that the Bible is the word of God because of the incredible unity in it. Now just think of this. You want to write a book. You're going to spend it over 1,500 years. You're going to talk to 44 different authors. You're going to write it in three different countries. And three different languages. Now try and keep it all together. And make one story. The unity of the word of God shows us that over 1,500 years, God the author spoke to 44 different people in three different countries to write this word for us. And the message is one message. There are no contradictions. It is just one. I believe it is the word of God to us. It is the word of God to us because it asks all, answers all those questions like, who am I? What's my purpose? Where did I come from? 
Why is there so much suffering? What went wrong? How can it be made right again? Is there a God? And does he love me? All those answers are in the word of God. I believe the Bible is the word of God because it overcomes every attempt to destroy it. When we go back in history, we find that men tried to destroy the word of God and destroy Christians. Matthew chapter 24 verse 9 says, and they will deliver you to tribulation and they will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. There was a man called Pliny. He was a governor that ruled about the time of uh, the Christian church in 111 AD. He wrote to Emperor Trajan concerning Christians. And he explained how he tortured them to find out what they were believing. He said that the sum and substance of their fault was that they met together on one day of the week. That before dawn they would sing and pray to Christ as God. So to find out more, he took two deacons, two women, and he tortured them to find out what they believed. And when they found that they just loved Jesus, he put them to death. Meanwhile, he wrote to Trajan, the emperor, and he set up this system of interrogating or questioning Christians. He'd ask them once, are you a Christian? And if they said yes, he would ask them a second time, are you a Christian? And if they said yes, he would ask them a third time, are you a Christian? And if they said yes the third time, he would send them to be eaten by lions or, or burnt at the stake or crucified. He would kill them. Because they were stubborn. They had faith in Jesus. But before they died for their faith, they would take the precious word of God and hide it. And that's why we have 24,000 manuscripts today. Because rather than give up the, the word of God, they would die rather than giving it up. I believe the word of God is the word of God because it overcomes every obstacle. Matthew chapter 24 verses 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And finally, I believe that the word of God is the word of God. Because those who believe in it, 
experience a new life. Na bana bana experience maisha mapya. John wrote in his gospel. John alisema muneno lake. In the beginning was the word. Alisema mwanzo ilikuwa neno. And the word was with God. Na neno ilikuwa na Mungu. And the word was God. Na neno ile ilikuwa Mungu ndani. And Jesus told us in John chapter 14 verse 6. Yesu anasema mu Biblia I am the way the truth and the life. No man comes to the father but by me. And in John 6:47 it says. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. And, and John 8:32 says. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The chains will be broken. The Bible is the word of God because if you believe in it and you do it, it will change your life. And Paul affirms this. He says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. This morning our sister gave her heart to Jesus. She came and said, can you pray with me? I want Jesus in my life. So we prayed with her. At that point of prayer this morning, all the old life went away. Jesus washed her sins away. Cleaned her life clean. He came with his Holy Spirit and lives inside of her now. And he said he will never leave her nor will he ever forsake her. As she follows Jesus, as she lives by the word of God, she'll experience a new life. Isn't God good? We have learned today of five reasons why the Word of God is the Word of God. It's not knowing that information that is important. It's putting faith in the Word. And it's doing the Word. It's believing the Word. Which is what you need to do every day. So we're going to ask God to help you do that this week. To put your faith in God's word. To pick it up and say, speak to me, Jesus. Every day. And when he speaks to you, follow him. Walk differently. Live differently. Speak differently. Be a light in a dark world. Be a light in a dark world. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. And Father, I thank you for this opportunity. That you can speak to us through your word. Father, we thank you for the new life that you give. Lord, you said that we should be doers of your word. Not hearers only. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit 
just bring us into a place of obedience before you. That we walk holy before you. And that our lives would make a difference. Lord, that we would shine your glory to everyone we meet. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.